welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 222. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. He's back. He's here again. Hi, Henry. I'm back and better than ever. <laughs> and this, this is episode 222, Henry. There's a whole lot of twos in there. Two. There was a TV show called 222, I think. With um, Marla Gibbs? Is that her name? Who is Marla Gibbs? She played Florence on the Who Jeffersons. You don't know any of this. This is all way before you. Uh, so 222 has a good lineage? Sure, let's say lineage. And that's the number of this episode. How you been, Henry? Good. All right. Anything going on? No. Uh, book. Yeah, this, so this is exciting. Henry and I are writing... Ooh, well, I'm helping write, and Henry's doing You're the illustrations. I'm doing the illustrations. Yeah, Henry's illustrating and has helped with the story that I we're still developing. I can't tell you what it all is. No, but we don't. I'll tell you this. It's a, it's, should I tell him the title or not? Well, we probably don't know for sure what the title's going to be. probably have some ideas. We already have the title. You already have, we don't yeah. have a story yet, Henry. Yeah, but I already have the title printed out. All right, so what, what do you think the title's going to be? The Drippy Alien. The Drippy Alien. Yeah. All right. I already have the page printed right, This is news to me. We really should have a story meeting because I wasn't aware yeah, that, that that was you, the title. So we'll have a story meeting this so afternoon. It's about an alien that gets an alien planet that gets blown up by a bad alien, and the I, I my brain my brain went black. That's all right. Um, your 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 brain went black. My my brain went black. <laughs> That's okay. We'll we'll go over our notes at our story meeting later. Oh, the good alien planet gets blown up by a bad alien. So the good alien baby, a good alien baby goes to Earth. We don't want to tell him too much. Starts a fight and then, yeah, everything goes completely. Yeah, we don't want to tell him any more than that because when the book is done, whenever that is, we want to buy it. But we didn't tell him the most exciting part. No, we can't tell him the most most, exciting part. No, and the most page-turning part. Mostly because we don't have the exciting part yet. Daddy, you're not supposed to tell him that. (laughs) It's supposed to think that we have to... That we already have the notes and all the stuff planned out and that we're in the process of writing it, which we are. Wink, wink. So, as that project develops, we will keep you posted. We should mention your, your other project, your art project. Oh, yeah. He put, I have 26 drawings. Some of them are colored in, and some of them aren't. He put all 26 of them on his Instagram. Yeah, so if you go to the uh, Atari... Yeah. If you go to the Atari Bytes Instagram page, you'll see a series of posts with some of Henry's art. As of recording this, there are 26 pieces of art, I make 26 like, pictures. I make like two to five of them a day. Yeah, so by the time you're hearing this, there may be more than that. But as I'm recording, there are 26. There are um, going to be more than that because you, you're, you're posting this podcast a week after we record Yeah, so we're about a week ahead of you so uh, gonna, listening. There's so probably going to be like 50 of them by the time you... 50? Maybe. So, it depends on how much you write. So here's the deal. Okay. Look, at, look over the posts. If you see something you like, send an email to ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Tell me the number and the name of the we have picture that you like. The... the number and the name of the the print that you like. And tell us uh, your contact information, your mailing information. And we will tell you how to, you know, how to pay through PayPal. $2.50 with shipping. You get a print, a signed print. Henry will sign it. I sign all of them. If you want, I, if you want, like, me to do, like, a commission, a commission can be, like, you can, like, a drawing, but if you want it personalized and not signed, I could do that. So when you say a commission, Henry, what do you mean? Just they email us and say, I want a picture of yeah, whatever? Yeah, and they, if they want it personalized or signed. Okay. And let's say those are two dollars. Uh, we'll, we'll say three dollars and fifty cents for a, uh, with shipping. Three dollars fifty cents for a a uh, commission work. You just email us. Same deal. Email us. Tell us what you want. And if you want it personalized, your name. 
Uh, $3.50 gets you a commission, but if it's one, it's just a, a print that we posted, uh, those are $2.50. Plus shipping. Including shipping. Yeah. So that's the deal. And we'll tell you how to, how to pay through PayPal. Once we know that you paid, we can send you, uh, we can send it out to you. So yeah, hopefully you'll, you'll see something you like. And I'll make my dad publish the book after we finish. There, you said, there's a book of those two? Yeah, what? So, do you, do you already forget the book that we're making? Oh, you're talking about the book that yeah. we are, the, the alien book? Yeah. I thought you were saying oh, there's some sort of book with your Yes. So, you can publish I, it. I frequently talk on this podcast about books that I've done already. So, you do you talk about but, it on your other Buddy, book? I thought you were talking about some sort of a book with your art in it. That could be or something after we finish this book. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. All right. So that's the deal. Uh, I think for the moment we're done self-promoting. We'll do, do all that again at the end of the do episode. Do you have anything to promote you, you? I do that at the end of the episode. I do have, though, some feedback. I don't really have any other news to talk about. We did get some feedback, though. On what? I always like feedback. Uh, we heard from Patreon subscriber Michael Tyler. Thanks for that, Michael. He had a comment about Fathom. That was last week's game. Mm. You remember Fathom, right? Yeah. What did you think of Fathom, Henry? I forgot what we do. That was the one where you're going undersea to rescue oh, yeah. Neptina. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, you didn't like it much. I like the game, but it is a little frustrating. Let's see. What did if the he... controls were good, yeah. I might have liked it. So, Michael Tyler said, he posted on the Patreon, played plenty of Fathom back in the day on my 2600, but if you want to be humiliated, try the Fathom pinball game which is unrelated to the Activision what? Classic. It actually taunts and laughs at you for tilting the game. Let me see if I can find a picture of the Fathom pinball machine. I like pinball. I know some of you out there listening are like rabid pinball players. Uh, I, I'm not, or I never was as a kid, although you know, more and more like when I go to Midwest Gaming or some of these other conventions that I've been going to since doing the podcast and they have pinball machines, I, I find myself really enjoying playing pinball um some of the machines are gorgeous uh the play is fun uh i would not say no to having a pinball machine in my house your mom mom would say mom might say no but i would not it do you pull it up it looks like this oh that's not that's not a picture i think i might have it here um a date it was released August 1981. It's it's four players, three flippers, zero zero ramps, three ball multi balls. Latest software is unknown. Estimated value is four thousand four hundred forty dollars to five thousand one hundred sixty dollars. It's normal cabinet and digital dis- display type. Yep, you must be looking at what and I'm... the type is solid state. Yep, you must be looking at what I was looking at. Uh, Pinside.com has the same information. Yeah, Pinside. It's a Bally Manufacturing Company uh, game. It's a good-looking game. It is definitely not Fathom, the, the, the Atari game. The design team, the game design, I'm shouting out all the people that made this. <coughs> the, that, that's part of the design team, the design team that made this, this the Fathom pinball machine. <coughs> The game designer was Ward Pemberton. The artwork was Greg Ferris. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And the animation was Kevin O'Connor. It has animation? I guess well, so. Well, it is digital. But it's 1981. Um, the computer stuff. Yeah. It's 1981. So. Yep, August 81. There were 3,500 produced. I don't know if you said that already or not. Oh, uh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's played the Fathom Pinball Machine... Or has one in the Or home. has one. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. Thanks for the email, Michael. Appreciate it. Thanks for your support on the Patreon. Uh, if you folks would like to support the uh, podcast on the Patreon, you can do so at the Atari Bytes Patreon page. And I'm sure I will mention that again later. Anything else you want to talk about before we get to the game? I was nope. going through it. Uh-huh. And it says, On the market, there's currently one ad related to this game on the Pinside Marketplace. With a Fathom pinball machine, $6,250. Hold on. That's like... Hold on. Wait, how much is it? Mm, I'm shut up. I'm doing math. Hold on, everybody. Henry's doing math. And he's been out of school for a while because of coronavirus. 
What you, what math are you trying to do, Henry? That's a hundred and ten dollars over the estimated value. Holy cow! That's craziness. Why not? Why no? That's one thousand hundred and ten dollars over the estimated value. Yeah. Well, an estimate's just an estimate. You're getting ripped off. <laughs> this has been Pinball Consumer Reports with Henry. The median asking price is $4,800. That means the middle price. There are, there are an equal number of prices mm. before uh, lower and an equal number of prices higher than that. That's what the median the is. The highest score is $5,732,920. Yep. Okay. Any, it's, any, not, it's not an order. The highest price is seven million four hundred. Dang. Nineteen thousand. Seven million? Are you sure? Two hundred seventy dollars. That's the highest score. On oh, highest score. Yeah, highest score. I thought you were saying the highest price. Oh, I did say that, but I meant highest okay. score. Okay. Wow. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. That looks, it's a good looking. That machine. looks cool. Doesn't yeah. look anything like the video game. No, I don't think it's related to the video game. I think it just has the same title. It yeah. does have. So it's in it's ocean related. Yeah. Well, I guess a game called Fathom is probably going to be ocean related. Yeah. All right. Shall we talk about this week's game? Shall we talk about the? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, that thing. Yeah, that thing. I totally forgot the big news here at uh, Atari Byte Central. 50, wait, what is it? <laughs> fifty-two hundred. Yep. Yay! The podcast is now the proud owner of an Atari fifty-two hundred. Uh, I've looked at doing that for a while i found a good deal thought it was a good deal so i picked it up the controllers don't work at all They're yeah poop. shockingly any of you who know the 5200 are not shocked by this at all the 5200 controllers that i got don't really seem to work he had to find he had to open the controller um, to find out what's wrong with it and then he had to get a controller fixing set or you can just make and uh, get another controller and save the time so I've, I've messed around with it just a little bit. I'm going to do a little more with it today. I seem to have gotten the console itself to work, although the games are only coming up in black and white, which a little bit of research I've done seems to be a thing that does happen. I'm hoping that that's going to correct itself, which I so gather can, can happen. games on the 200 for this show. But I'm, I, I'm hoping that is not a thing that's going to have to be repaired too. Uh, but the controllers, uh, you, can, you can't press the buttons, and they don't do anything. So I guess I'm going to have to try to repair those. Um, I know you can get kits to do that. I've never tried to do anything like that. So I'm a little worried, although it doesn't look that complicated. So I'm going to take a shot. I do, I'm going to get them out again today, make sure that you know, I'm just not... That I'm giving them enough uh, patience. But if I'm correct and they are just dead, I'm going to have to They're get homesick. repair kits. They're homesick? Yeah. You think they missed their, their home? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah, I feel bad now. I'll tell him it's okay, and I'll give him a cookie, and it'll be fine. But so, I have a lot of information on page two hundred. I am I am excited to get the thing working. We'll get we'll get your information you in a second. In a I've, comfortable bean bag. Well, Henry, because I'm going to be reading. Most of the people uh, listening to the show already know quite a bit about the fifty two hundred. So, uh, I'm excited to get the thing working. I already picked up uh, several good games. Uh, Miss Pac Man. I don't have him in front of me. I think I I, I know I got Miss Pac Man and Missile Command, which is probably my favorite atari game i just say what um, you usually say when you read information about stuff um i got several other ones too if you guys have ideas on the su- assumption i'm gonna get this working if you guys have ideas for 5200 games i should get uh i have ideas let me know. on how to fix the controller yeah if you have thoughts about that too let me know uh countermeasures was one that i got as well so briefly henry what is your information about the 5200 and keep in mind most people listening already know about the 5200, so here we go. Here's the Henry's information. The Toy 5200 is a modified version of the Toy 400 and 800. We need those. We need the Toy 400 and 800, which is the most powerful 8-bit home computer system of its era. <coughs> it was established in 1982 to... Compete! Ooh, the toy, the Fathom pinball machine was made a year before it. Yeah. It was established 1982 to compete with the television and be, and to become the success, successor of the toy 20, 2600. Yep. Um, it's true. The graphics was step above the older competition and went toe to toe. With the newest competition, the Cole the Coleco Vision. Coleco. Coleco Vision. Do we have that? No. Get it. 
Henry's always very free with my money. The, the, the 5200 enjoyed moderate success, but never reached the overall success of its predecessor of the of its predecessor, the Atari 2600. It was allocated, mean? Uh, distributed, spread around, shared. In resources which should have been al- allocated for the 5200 game development went instead to the 2600. A system which was on its last legs and already saturated with software from the Atari and its third party publisher. I don't understand what that means. Uh, they'd already done too much. In addition, the fact that the 5200 was not compatible with the 2600 put off many 2600 owners who had accumulated a substantial library of games for the system. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Where are you, get, where are you reading from? I already told you the Did game, you the video game console library. Okay, I didn't hear that part. In case people wanted to know where you were, what you were looking at. Just type in, just type in Atari 5200 info and scroll down until you see the, the video game console, the video game console library, and click on that, and it gives you what I'm reading. Are you about done? They never do 50. They never do like 10, like 1000 or 1500. Atari 1500 or whatever. A VCS adapter which allowed 2600 games. To be played on the 5200 was later released, but the video game crash of 1993 prevented any hopes of it being making further sales. The Atari 5200 would soon become history with the rest of the home video game console of that time. Okay, last thing. It's just fact. Okay, fact. The Atari 5200 consoles were nearly twice the size of those for the 2600. And we're basically designed in this fashion to make the consumer think that they were getting a bigger and better game. The Atari 5200 was also the first video game console to utilize a pause button on the controller. That is weird. The, one of the first things you notice about the 5200. All, the, all of the um, all of the buttons that should be on the console was on the was on the com- controller. Yeah, I had never been in, you know, up close and personal with a 5200 before, and the first thing I noticed is the console is huge. But a, it's mo- a, huge. half of that, close to half of that, is just the little compartments to put the controllers in, which doesn't work very well. Uh, and then, yeah, it is a little. I'm not dis- sure the compartments are for it. That, that's what they're for. Oh. Um, it just it doesn't work very well. Oh. Um, and it is a little disorienting that none of the buttons are on the console. It's also yeah. bad because the buttons on the controllers don't work. So. Yeah. Also, the games don't work. They just well, show up in black and white. Yeah, that's the other issue that I'm having. Is so. it like is it like you can see the game, but it's in black and white, yeah. or is it like black and white lines? From what I've read, my understanding, and a lot of you out there are probably beating your head <laughs> against the wall because you know all this already, but this is new to me. And me either, too. Either there is a serious technical problem with the console that's going to have to get fixed, or <clears throat> maybe if I let it sit and let it warm up, that it'll correct itself. Please tell us. I'm hoping that that's the case. I'm going to try that this afternoon. Us. Uh, but it's not going to matter. Maybe it has cause, Corona. Cause Maybe it's sick with Corona. I don't think it has Corona. But you never know. I, uh, I don't know. I'll ask President Trump. Maybe yeah. he'll know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because he, he apparently knows everything. So that's the big news here at Atari Central. Uh, Atari Byte Central. Uh, we have a 5200. I'm excited to actually get it working and start playing. And again, like I said, if you have, What if, you if guys, President Trump listens to this podcast? What I, if he becomes a Patreon subscriber? I will happily take his money if he wants yeah. to be a Patreon subscriber. Yay. Yeah, so let me know uh, games that you think I should get. Uh, and I will, of course... Uh, or that's rude, that you would happily take his money. If it gets, if it gets uh, working, uh, you'll probably start seeing some 5200 5, games in the rotation for the podcast. All right, should we get on to this week's game? Ribbit. I'm a warthog. Wait, hold on. Warthogs don't ribbit. What do, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> I am not a warthog. This just in. 
Henry, not a warthog. <gasps> you should play the, like, news, breaking news theme thing. If I can find a breaking news theme. <laughs> That's not copyrighted. Audio thing, I'll, I'll drop that in there. That's not copyrighted. All right, this week's game is Atari Climber. Yeah. It's a flashback. It's on the flashback. Is that a spider? Playing it. My... Where? The thing that's hanging from ceiling. Little brown thingy. I don't see it. Oh, now I see it. Uh, yeah, Poopy. <clears throat> don't tell Sophie. This just in. There was a spider. a spider in our studio. Dangling from the ceiling over our heads. Yeah. So if we start screaming and die in the middle of the recording, you'll know that it's because a, a venomous spider killed us. But how would they um, know? Because nobody can post it. That's a good point, Henry. This will be a lost episode because uh, we're dead from spider bites. <laughs> well, it's closer to you, so I have more time to run. <laughs> in, it's for, in your Thank head. Thank you, is, son. Appreciate your that. Your head is, is further up, so it's closer than you. It's easier to land on your head. I appreciate that, son. But right. it could be just a... It, it could not be a spider, but maybe it is or... We'll find out. Not. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, find out if somebody gets bit. So, <laughs> I'm calling the game Atari Climber because that's how the flashback refers to it. But as mm -hmm. I understand it, of course, it's really just Climber or Climber 5. Well, it's, it's on the Atari, so why can't you just call it... You can call any game that's on the Atari... Atari you can put a toy before any game well, that's, that's true, made from a toy. Well, that's true, but the weird thing is on this one, in the directory, on the flashback, they specifically say Atari Climber. So that's how I'm referring to it. But I get that it's got other names. Uh, that's a homebrew course. Something that I read seemed to suggest that it's a, a port of an 8-bit uh, an computer game from 87. Uh, that 87? Sort of yeah, 1987. That's, like, ancient times. Oh, I was, talk I was talking about... I was um, referring to 200. For you guys that uh, who haven't played this game, I don't really need to read a manual for you because really it's just Donkey Kong. It's Donkey Kong. In a good way, and I'm not saying that to cheapen it. In a good way, uh, it's basically Donkey Kong. You have uh, uh, levels, uh, ostensibly a construction site. It see it looks like it's easier than Donkey. It's a little easier than Donkey. It Kong. might be. I don't know. And you, you your guy. Uh, I think he has a name. I don't remember what his name is, but your guy has to but, climb the ladders. But avoiding. sometimes when you play, when you when you start, you start back at the bottom right wall, and the thing, and the little board thing is is like coming right at you, and you can't go anywhere. Yeah, so like as, it's before the ladder, so you can't go anywhere, and you automatically have to die. As you're climbing these ladders, yeah, like Henry said, it's it's just a a, a vertical. Bar really that comes at you it from either side of the screen. It you when you first spawn in and start, but then and you can't go anywhere because you because you're automatically gonna die. And your goal is to get to the top to get a ball, which is actually a square white object. What um, a vision! What a visually impaired people might look like a ball. Okay. But it also might look now, like a bunch of other things. The kicker is, and I didn't know this until I was actually playing. Once in a while, the ball moves. It starts out at the top where you would expect it, because that you, would it think you have to get the from the bottom and get to the top. But after a while, it moves somewhere else uh, in the uh, in the obstacle course, and you got to change your uh, change your direction. In the novice and standard levels, it's pretty straightforward. In the advanced level, it's all of that plus things drop out of the sky and try to crush you. Like, mostly what the things look like are, are essentially the Atari symbol. And that is based, like I said, if you've played Donkey Kong, you know how to play this game. I actually did find a review. Let's see if I can pull it up here. What do you, what do you use to find the reviews? Google. I find a review. Yeah? Yeah. But it's long. Well, I'm, I don't read the whole thing. I just kind of pick out a few words here and there. Just kind of get the idea of what... Yeah, that's the one I was looking for. Roddy's Retro thing. Thank you. So the review I found was from Roddy's Retro... Roddy's Retro Reviews. He posted this, this was a long time ago. May 20th, 2009. 
He talks about how he was conflicted about writing this review because it's a homebrew. He doesn't usually review homebrews since they're unlicensed games designed by a consumer. Wait, um, not, it wasn't designed by Atari? No. These, the homebrews are games it? using the Atari process, the Atari, you know, So the game designers that are working for Atari, but it's not... So it's no, a these game are just, design company that's... No, these are just mm. people, could be anybody, who just likes these games or, and, and likes to program. So they, can make so up they games program that, the games and then they give it to Atari and ask them to... If well, they could make a lot of them are it. sold by a place, sold through a place called Atari Age um, as homebrews. You know, everybody understands they're not made by Atari, but they're made using the same kind of computer language that Atari would use. And this is one of those. In the same console. Yeah. Atari Climber is incredibly difficult to find a cartridge because it was only produced in small amounts by the creator under the title Climber 5. Ha, we don't use a cartridge for it. No, we didn't use the cartridge. We used the flashback. And they note here that it was included on the flashback 2 at that time. Do we have the flashback 2? No, ours is the flashback 9. We need the flashback 2. Well, we don't really because we got mostly the same stuff on the 9 and plus some other stuff. We need the latest toy flashback. Uh, this I think this is. I don't I don't know if there's a flashback ten or not. Uh, I didn't mention they were mentioned in the review that you get a certain you have a time limit. Um, it, to it's like a get to the top. It's like the game that I hated because it takes away your points as you go. It yep. like the time limit is your points, but I like this game better because it you it doesn't take away much points and. Those vertical bars that we were calling them, he calls them lasers here. Ooh, I like that. The game also allows the player to control the direction of the laser beams travel at the cost of 500 points for their, from their time meter. By pressing the button on the Atari joystick, the lasers will instantly reverse direction. Oh. What? So I didn't realize that's what was happening. I knew they were reversing you could do direction. That? I would have died. That's so why many they were changing. Times. I didn't. I didn't. When they changed direction, I guess we were causing that to happen. I wasn't. I didn't realize I that. Would, I wasn't This me. aspect keeps the player from seeing the movements of the lasers as being cheap and unfair by giving the player a bit of control over the matter. If I knew that, I would have. <laughs> I didn't I realize. We'll have, to, we'll have to try the game again. I needed that. The controls are responsive, not delayed at all. You never find yourself fighting against the joystick like you may have to do in some 2600 games. Yeah, the gameplay is incredibly addicting. If you ever see an Atari flashback, definitely recommend picking it up. Uh, as well, you know, in addition to Atari Climber, you get a lot of other classic games. So yeah, so he likes the game. I guess jumping ahead, I like the game too, frankly. Uh, it's you simple. You tell me an audio podcast just for reasons. So you would help me. So I could find all your stuff say that again you could you should have have me on all the on all of your <coughs> podcasts so i could so i could find all the stuff for you that's true well that's why you're a good co-host i use you, you pin the stuff you look for the stuff before you do the podcast and then you pin the stuff or whatever you do yeah and then you can and then you can never find it i just type well, yeah, but no, I, 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 edit out, I edit out the part where I'm sitting there just trying to find stuff. But it, so, it, it's as far easy. as I can tell, it's all instant. It's easier if... Instantaneous. <laughs> all I did for the review is a toy climb, climb review, and I clicked on the first link. Yes. Well, you're just more awesome than me, Henry. It's not that hard. <laughs> all right. Well, I type in whatever you're trying to find a review for. Well, after the break, we climb over and under, around and through... And I'm already tired. We're on the way up, climbing up that ladder. Nothing's going to hold us back. That's from a song, I think, Henry. Until we fall. Until we fall. Yeah. 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 All right, are you ready to do this thing? Start. We're playing Atari Climber or Climber. Move. Or Move. Climber Move. 5, whatever we're calling it now. No. Run, no. Henry. Henry's playing us. No, get out. Go away. Nobody likes you. No, go. Nobody likes you. He's playing on standard level. Nobody like. No, um, go away. Go down. There you go. Go away. I don't like you. They're not going to go away. Very basic colors. No. You don't need a whole no. lot, though. I guess it's supposed to make you think of a construction site. 
Kind of like Donkey Kong? Yay! Are you going to get it on your first try? Boom! Yay! Come here! That square ball is Henry's. No! No! no, no, no go no, no, away! No. Go away! You got lucky. I got lucky. The... Wait, no, no, the go away. thing was about to singe his butt. No, go, go, no! And it turned the other direction no. just at the right time. Wow, you are getting lucky in this game, dude. It's just that easy, friends. What? No, 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 no! Ooh, you walked into that one. He didn't have anywhere to go, but... I didn't... He didn't lose a guy until level three. No, no, what? It, how, it's going faster! Why is it going faster? You're on level three, dude. At least... No, wait, no, no! It does, that's not even fair. They both come to me and I couldn't go anywhere. Do you want a rematch? They expect, they expect me to go up... Oh, from here, up the ladder, all the way to that one, in like under five seconds, when the guy doesn't even move that It's way. like life. Do you want to try it again? No, you try Alright, I'm going to try it this time. Here we go. Again, playing on standard level. I played novice level earlier, of course, it was easier. Die. I played advanced level, just to see what it was like, and things fall out of the sky. Basically, Atari symbols fall out of the sky and try to crush you. Oh, that's not even fair. Why did I have to oh. go all the way up there? Ball was right there. Why did I have to go all the way up there? That's not even fair. And I got sloppy and instead well, started climbing you up the ladder. Because you had terrible vision. I could see it fine. Oh. <laughs> I, I made another ball. sloppy mistake. I've lost two guys on level one. You have one more guy left. I can count, Henry. You're going to choke with. I'm not gonna choke this. Oh, I'm darn it, ball. Watch you get hit. Oh, you're about to get hit. You are right. lucky. Level two for you dad. You're a half second away from getting hit. It only took two guys to get. Oh, what do you. Oh, the ball's right here. Boom, that's you're level two. You're not gonna two. get past level three. Oh. Ha! Nope. You died. I got eight. Right are you alive? Level three. Oh, no. Nope, I made it to level three, too. So but... you're not. Henry did better than me. I got more. I got more points than you. Um, I was in. I was in the double digit thousands. I didn't notice. I, honestly, I didn't notice what your I was. was. I was like ten thousand something, maybe yep. above, and then I went down. And I got ninety three hundred. So Henry beat me. Yeah. Um. I, later, I'm going to deny that, of course. But he did. So you, I did. I saw it. And all the people watching this podcast saw it. Did not see it. They did. They were watching right now. Hi, people. They're listening. Hey, I see it. I see a camera right there. Because I don't want everybody to steal it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not turned on. you can't trust anybody. Yes, Henry's holding a camera that's not turned on right now. Um, so, I guess that's it for the field report, huh? It's my visual base. I call it my visual baseball bat. It's like a baseball bat, but with a camera, so you can see when it, if I hit the ball. Can I see what? Can I say the thing now? What? Back to you in the studio. Bye! Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about Atari Climber, or Climber, or Climber 5, um, which makes me think, makes me feel like there must be Climbers 1 through 4. I like Climber. It's addicting, and it's really simple in a good way, like Donkey Kong, or Pac-Man, or um, 
Frogger, which actually I would arguably has more going on as far as different things to do. It's a good game. I want to go play some more right now, actually, because it's not complicated. You don't have to read a whole manual. You just kind of sit down and play it. What did you think, Henry? It is good. Henry I liked it. Henry liked it. I like the little twist, that the ball that you're trying to get, which still feels weird in my head because it's a square, but... Well, back then, well, back when it was made, there was there was only pixels. You can only make stuff in pixels. I know. It just uh, it just sounds weird. I, I like that it moves. So, so you, I typed in the toy climber names, and it yes. comes up with stuff for like, and it comes up instead of a toy. There's some of toy climber stuff, but it was there's like a toy crazy climber, and it doesn't look anything. Yeah, like. I think crazy climber is a different game. <clears throat> It says, there's one thing that says, what are the differences between a toy climber and a climber five? Okay. On a toy age. All right. So what does it say? So there's only one thing. And right. it says, it was supposed to be May 19th, 2018. So I've been playing some of toy climber in the flashback too. Before, Verve covers climber five on the toy 2600 game by game podcast. It got me wondering if there are any major differences between the two games. Does anyone know of the differences besides the name? Oh, I oh by the way, shout out. You mentioned the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast? By Game podcast. That's Ferg. Hi, Ferg. I'm sure you're listening. What's Ferg? Ferg. That's who hosts the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. He's it been doing this forever. He knows that, way more about these games than I do. somebody that did yeah, but they mentioned that comment. podcast, so I wanted to give a shout-out to Ferd. It didn't exactly say what it is. Right. This is a toy 2600. But he was, he was playing it on the flashback. And yeah. he mentions Ferg yeah. before Ferg covers Climber 5. Yeah, I think he's done this on his show a long time ago. All right, anything else to say about the game? No. All right. We like this game is what we're saying. If you haven't played it, go play it. I don't know. I didn't look. I assume you can go still get the cartridge if you're so inclined. See, it's not even on, uh, it's on only Atari age. Crazy, crazy Climber in Wikipedia. Yeah. Like I said, I think Crazy Climber is a different game. Yeah, it must be more um, popular. I don't think I've played it, but I, I'm, I'm aware of it. So, um, I guess it's time to do this. It's story time. Atari Bites Yes, it's story Story, story, story time With Bill I don't have a story Henry does not have a story I don't have a story But I do Lucky you Can it not be five pages? <laughs> Smart, smarty pants It's only, uh What's be four and a half? Uh, it's just under four pages so get comfy. This week's story is titled Jacob's Other Ladder. The round of applause rose up to meet Jacob as he descended the towering ladder to the sky. He felt a wild temptation to fall back and body surf across the goodwill and admiration of the assembled crowd of onlookers and potential customers. Jacob grasped the ladder's rungs and squinted up into the sun as the breeze wafted through his luxurious beard. The warm glow of the heavens from which he descended carried him gently back to earth. This was a glorious day. How did he get this lucky? The Ladder Emporium was the East Coast's premier purveyor of ladders and height-reaching mechanisms. Or so Jacob said in the locally produced monotone ads he recorded for local TV and radio to air between the ads for car dealerships and podiatrist ads. The ladder business was good. Top of the world, he'd tell people. Not great, but good. All that changed one day, the day he stepped up to the next level. That day, Jacob started a build on what seemed like a typical oak ladder, destined to be the ladder in some college professor's home library. Jacob was good at this. He made all kinds of ladders. Decorative ladders, utilitarian ladders, even ladders for Dilly Doggone Dolly's saloon playset, in which, despite boasting 15 points of articulation, Dolly's little plastic arms were unable to reach the little plastic sarsaparilla bottles on the top shelf behind the bar. Jacob, therefore, had come up with a custom Dolly-sized solution so that her customers, like Sheriff Featherbody 
and cowboy clam would stay hydrated. It was a big hit at local flea markets. Jacob was just about to insert the last pocket hole screw in the professor's ladder when he had a thought. This ladder was an excellent build. The finish on the wood was perfect. The rungs spaced just so. It was beautiful. So beautiful, Jacob thought. Why stop here? So he kept going. Rung after rung, foot after foot. The ladder grew in proportion to Jacob's determination that whatever quest he was on now was even bigger than the ladder itself. The ladder extended out of the workshop, through the showroom. Of course the Emporium had a showroom. Out into the small, well-manicured patch of grass in front of the shop. Jacob stood the ladder up, and the top of it reached high up on that one tree he loved in the front of the shop, the one he liked to imagine had lived for a century, watching life come and go, come and go. Being able to look down upon the mighty aged elm tree was both inspiring and awkward. He was almost embarrassed for the tree in its inferiority. How exactly Jacob was able to build the ladder even as he climbed up it, he didn't know. But build it he did. Higher and higher into the clouds he went, were the clouds always so low, or was he now so very high? Jacob didn't know, just as he didn't know where the wood and screws were coming from, and why they were always at hand. All he knew was that he had to keep going. As he climbed and built, the heavens opened up, a triumphant anthem, swelled as Jacob was welcomed into another realm, where light and shadow were one, and all knowledge was before him. It was so peaceful there. In the distance, souls traversed time and space itself to call to him, beckoning him to share the love they offered. Jacob was never a religious man, never really much considered the afterlife. He didn't know if this was heaven or something else, but one thing was certain. His customers would pay huge for a ladder that went this high. And they did. Soon the skies were full of ladders, and those ladders were full of joyful, laughing people. He didn't know what the people did up there, and he didn't care. Remarkably, no one fell. Some of them cried, and a few of them barked from altitude sickness. But they still came. For a while. For the day came when Jacob stood on the top floor of the skyscraper that now housed the Imperial Ladder Emporium, smoothing the lapels of his finely tailored suit and looking through floor-to-ceiling windows to the horizon before him. He was struck by a shocking realization. No one was climbing his ladders. Where were all the ladder people? He called downstairs to the storefront. There was no line of customers waiting to buy Jacob's heaven ladders. There were no reservations to climb existing ladders. It seemed this glorious fad Jacob had created had just ended. Fads don't do that, do they? Even if you worked really hard on them? What will become of me? Jacob muttered, sinking into his imported Italian leather straight-backed office chair foot massager and butt tickler. The elevator that led to his penthouse office dinged. A woman stepped out, wearing a top hat, out of which flowed long red hair with orange streaks. Her boots tapped rhythmically, rhythmically across the office floor, and she stood before the crestfallen Jacob, wry smile on her face. Can I help you? Jacob said unenthusiastically. Aren't you wondering how I was able to stride straight up through the middle of your building and into your office? Jacob looked the woman up and down. You're really tall, especially with that hat. Everyone who works for me would be scared of you. What difference does it make anyway? I'm ruined. The woman glanced out of the office windows at that decidedly not busy skyline. Yes, things do look grim, she said. You could be out on the street in days, what with no revenue and the huge overhead and running a building like this. Thanks for cheering me up, Jacob said. But, the woman continued... I represent a well-known figure with great power who is prepared to offer you a great business opportunity. Jacob sat up a little straighter. My boss has the schematics for a new ladder you may be interested in, the woman said. But what, Jacob said hesitating, what ladder could top a ladder that takes you to the top of the world and beyond? Well, the woman said, perfect teeth flashing, what goes up must go down. Uh, a jagged hole tore reality open between Jacob and the woman. Waves of heat smacked Jacob full in the face as flame licked the painting of Jacob himself that filled the ceiling. A great ladder of the darkest onyx rose from the flame like a flower from the devil's own garden. It was sexy as hell. No pun intended. Yes, it was. 
Jacob was entranced. Within days, scores of the new underworld excursion ladders went on sale. Customers lined up to descend to the depths and the earth and to the depths of the earth and perhaps beyond. They were eager to glimpse the nether realm, out of curiosity perhaps, or to settle old scores. We're saved, Jacob said to the portrait on the ceiling, now featuring two blackened front teeth, singed in the top hat woman's demonstration. Only, the thing is, Jacob didn't make any money. He actually lost money on Onyx, which isn't cheap, and he couldn't recoup his costs because no one paid their bill. Probably because once they descended the ladders, they never came back. Damn. Before long, Jacob was out of business. The skyscraper was lost in bankruptcy court, and Jacob sat across the street watching his building get plundered by the taxmen and creditors. Broken, Jacob mournfully glanced over at a frustrated young girl playing nearby with a dilly-doggone Dolly Saloon playset. She couldn't make Dolly's short little arms reach those sarsaparilla bottles. Darn it, she said rather, loud, rather more loudly than her mother would have liked. Jacob perked up, if only a little. You know, he said, I think I can help with that. And that's our show. Big thanks to Henry for joining me, at least for part of the show, again. Go check out his artwork. Uh, various uh, Instagram posts have uh, samples of his work and the details about getting some for your very own. And uh, I hope you'll consider that. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Please remember to climb up through the clouds to Apple Podcasts, which hovers above all of us, and leave a review of this show. Hey, Henry's back. Yay! I was just saying thank you for being on the show, Henry. Yeah. And I reminded them to buy some art. Yeah. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com, like the show on our Facebook page, follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee, and I've already told you to go check out the Instagram. There's other stuff there besides Henry's art, but... Of course, that is one of the things you should check out. Don't forget, you can call us, too. Henry's not going to answer the phone. Neither am I. If Neither of us are going to answer the phone. Uh, call 563-265-1978 and leave a message about really pretty much anything you want. And there's a pretty good chance I'm going to play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. There's all sorts of stuff there. There's information and social media and episode links and whatnot for this podcast, Atari Bytes, as well as my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, uh, a monthly ode to all things related to the iconic Peanuts comic strip and related projects. There's also stuff there about books that I've written, like Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, and links to just some of the places you can buy those books. All of that over there at carnivalofgleecreations.com. Please consider supporting the show, becoming a subscriber uh, on the Patreon project. Atari Bytes has a page over there at Patreon. If you subscribe, you could get access to episodes of this podcast early. Uh, you may not have to wait until Sunday to listen to those. You could also potentially get bonus content. Every so often, we talk about other things that we don't talk about on the podcast, like our continuing review of... Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, the cartoon series. Uh, sometimes we play other games and record those experiences and you know all sorts of stuff that we're not going to do on the regular show. Uh, so if you're a Patreon supporter already, like Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike, thank you for that. If you're going to become a Patreon supporter, thank you in advance. You can still get Ghost Play Some Old Games. They've missed you shirts and mugs, I believe, over there at Zazzle.com. AB underscore pod underscore store store. Um, someday that store is going to get updated. All right. Anything else you want to say before we r wrap up, Henry? No. All right. Henry says no. So I guess it's time just to tell you what's coming up next on the show and then get out of here. I'm going to go play some more climber and try to get my 5200 working. But seriously, if you guys have thoughts about how to do that or games I should be playing on the 5200, let me know. Oh, yeah. We got to do this next time on Atari Bytes. Sequest. Quite a while ago, I bought a Sequest cartridge at a flea market or a convention or something. Discovered later that it had a weird rattle 
inside of it, which is probably not good. And I could not get it to work on my car on my console for a long time. And then the other day I popped it in on a whim and it works now, or at least it did that day. So fingers crossed that it's actually going to work for the show next week, because I don't think I have Sequest on the flashback. I guess I could probably get the ROM somewhere. Um, but one way or another, Sequest is our focus next week on the podcast. A lot of ocean-themed games lately. Uh, I don't know why that is, but uh, if you're into the ocean and things, um, I guess this is this is your time, man. So enjoy it. If you hate the ocean, well, consider this therapy, right? Sort of immersion therapy to, uh, to help you work through your ocean-related issues. So, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. We'll be right back.